One Control Report Podcast, episode 109. Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you about video games. We're going to skip the news this week because um, I got a lot of actual games I've been playing to talk about, and I didn't see that much that, that really, really stood out to me. There's some interesting comments out there by some developers and stuff that were kind of coming out, out of E3 regarding uh, next-gen hardware and things like that, but, but it was nothing like substantial enough to really, really talk about or anything like that. Um, so, so I'm just going to be selfish this week and, <laughs> and talk about the things I've been playing. And actually it, it's quite a diversity of things. Um, uh, although we'll, we'll probably focus on Final Fantasy 15, uh, towards the end here. But, uh, I was, I started playing Gabriella's ghostly groove. I forget what, uh, prompted me to do this. <laughs> um, but if you don't know, Gabri- Gabriella's ghostly groove is like a rhythm game that was put out by Natsume, uh, I think in like 2012 ish or something like that for Nintendo 3DS, uh, but they also put a WiiWare game out as, like, a, uh, a companion game, so that's Gabriella's Ghostly Groove's Monster Mix, and that's what I was playing, so so that's essentially kind of like a, uh, a little dance game where you just you know, you use the Wiimote and dance around. Uh, I probably won't get too in-depth into it here because I think I'm probably going to do a quick play of it. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty much as you would expect. If you've ever seen, like, Just Dance pl- being played or anything like that, it's basically that. Uh, I don't know if it's any worse, because I haven't played that many actual dancing games um, on for, for the Wii. But it's, for the original Wii remote, it's about what you'd expect in terms of, like, uh, uh, what movement it's tracking and things like that. Um, I also was playing a little bit of Uncharted 3's co-op. Uh, the PlayStation 3 servers for the Uncharted 2 and 3 multiplayer are going offline. So a friend of mine was like, oh, I want to do more stuff in these games before they go offline because uh, I think he had played it years ago and and he wanted to continue and finish up whatever content's left in there. So he played a bit of that. Uh, and that's pretty fun. I've never played an Uncharted game before. Um, and I I knew I wanted, want to eventually. I guess still want to is the answer. Um, but I just haven't really had much of a, a, a thing to push me over the edge of actually doing so. Uh, especially since now I'm four games behind, <laughs> five games I guess if you count, or six if you count the Vita game. But also I was thinking of that uh, PlayStation Three or PlayStation Four. Like it wasn't really like a spinoff, but it was kind of like a, a game that seemed kind of built off Uncharted Four. I forget what it was called, uh, but it basically was like a co-op adventure kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was kind of cool because like uh, you know it's it's. It's weird because it's like a third-person shooter, at least in Charter 3, it's like a third-person shooter, but it has like cover shooter elements, but it also seems very wanting of you to kind of like navigate around the environment and melee kill people, um, which took me a while to get used to. I was kind of just more or less shooting people for a good while and then and then quickly realized that like, hey, the melee is like super powerful in this game. So a lot of it came around or came down to me like jumping over things and just like meleeing as many people as possible. Some of the harder enemies and like some specific types of enemies can't be meleeed, at least not 
uh, initially. So so they don't you don't you can't just go through and melee everything on the way through. But but a lot of the grunts and stuff like that you can kind of just burn through that way. And then also when you're when you're meleeing people you're you're vulnerable and things like that. So you are taking damage. Um, but yeah, I like I like the movement of it a lot. Um, the the co op for Uncharted Three is like five missions and there's like an additional um uh dlc mission i had bought the game for like four dollars used uh and then had forgotten that apparently that was one of those uh online pass games that sony put out like late ps3 era so in order to play it online i had to pay an extra ten dollars so (laughs) i ended up paying what i would have paid for a new copy of it anyways um so i i I didn't really save any money unfortunately but eh it's it's okay it's it's fine um I will, uh, if I do play Uncharted, I will play through the first one first, I think, so maybe someday I'll end up getting the PS4 version, PS4 collection anyways, and then tackling the series that way, Um, but it's, I wish I I could say it was like a higher priority, but I I don't know when I'll get to it still, but I am more interested into it based off what I've played of of the co-op stuff, so it's, it's definitely more on my radar than before, I think I just wasn't thinking about it at all before, for the most part, now it's kind of like, oh, it's kind of interesting in how it flows i guess because it is like a, both a melee action and a shooter uh game and i always like games that mix both shooting and melee um i don't know if it like mixes them um you know it doesn't feel integrated into each other like you're not really doing melee and shooting stuff all at once it's kind of you choose one to do one or the other but but still yeah you can you can, you can kind of mix it up but other than that, the the main thing I've been playing or was playing is Final Fantasy XV. I finally finished that up, and that game is is bizarre. Um, I don't remember how much I talked about it before, so I'll just kind of try to sum up my feelings as a whole. But um, if if you've played XV at all, like you know, you'll know, you know, early on it's a, a open world game kind of thing, and um, you, you know, you, you kind of go around and do quests and stuff like that. It's, it's it's when it comes to the open world aspect, it's nothing particularly special. I think there's something. The weird thing about it is that like you, the the game's kind of focused around these highways that go around because you're in your car, and at least without the DLC, you can't really drive your car off road or anything like that to go exploring, uh, other than just you know running out on foot or getting a chocobo to to go exploring. So it, it feels like there's a lot of like. <laughs> A lot of segments where you're, like, driving down this road, but it's, like, the same road you're going through between, like, different locations. So, so you typically want to do fast travel to, like, skip that stuff. Um, But there are, like, some story quests where they're, like, no, you just gotta, you just gotta do this drive. And it's bizarre, because, like, sometimes a character will be, like, oh, let's go, uh, I want to, let's look at this little area down here. And there's kind of nothing down there. And you're just, like, okay, I don't know why you asked me to come do this. But other times they give you at least one reason to go there. Like Prompto will, will be like, "Hey, I want to, you know, take a picture or something." So, so you there's like a little marker, so you like go off the path, go take your picture, and then sometimes there'll be uh, some other stuff over there. But it seemed really inconsistent about like pointing out like pit stops and things like that, and and whether or not there's actually something of use to do there. Sometimes you just get somewhere, you're just kind of like, "Okay, well, I guess I guess I was here." I can confirm there are rocks down here. I fought some crabs and then I went back to my car. Um, but I think I think the biggest problem I have with the early part of that game is uh, there's a lot of dialogue, but and and like the dialogue actually is, is really entertaining. It's like really 
good dialogue. I feel like if you want, if you like the four main characters, uh, the four dudes, and them just so you know giving each other hard times, being just kind of like broy, I guess it's a, it's really good dialogue, and you get like a, a feeling for their personalities and stuff. But the problem I I ran into is that none of it really felt like character development, at least in the stuff I was doing. Um, it it just it feels like nobody ever is moving forward in, in who they are or anything like that. So, you know, the, I'll get into why this ends in a second, but like the first, the open world segment is kind of like 20 to 25 hours of that game. And during that whole time, it, it really feels like nobody, you don't really get to know these characters any better than you did at the beginning of the game. Like you kind of get introduced into them for the first hour or so. And I feel like by that time you already have like a good grasp of who they are. There's some interesting sequences, like parts where, where Gladio will like pull you out and it's like, let's go train on the beach or whatever. And so like, I feel like those early segments really give you like these peeks into these characters and stuff. But then after you've kind of been introduced to them, it never really goes beyond that for that beginning section. Again, I haven't done all the open world content, so maybe I was just missing the stuff that that actually, you know, went in depth on these characters. But it's just kind of like, you know, it's it's it felt like a game that wanted to be a podcast game. Like, here's a bunch of like filler content and stuff like that. But you don't want to turn on a podcast because people are talking all the time. And so you don't want to miss what they're saying. Um, but. But the, what they're actually saying is very rarely ever important. Uh, I'm glad I listened to it because, like like I said, the, the, the dialogue is really charming overall. And I think that's probably the strongest part of the game is, like, how these characters interact with each other through the whole thing. Um, it reminds me a little bit like how Drake and Guard 3 is almost entirely built upon, you know, these characters conversing with each other. I feel like in some ways Final Fantasy XV at least comes kind of close to that. Um but yeah, you just I feel like you don't really get to know anyone better through that dialogue. It's just kind of like you know, cute things about their characters and things like that. Like little little matter of fact things. Um which I think is great if you have like an investment in those characters already. I wonder if like, you know, post game after you've been through all their dialogue and stuff, maybe or all the their story development, well, maybe the lack thereof story development, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get there. Um, I wonder if post game after you've kind of like experienced all that content and, and when, where the story goes, if that stuff might feel more valuable. I don't, I don't know if I would even feel that though, because it's just like, you don't really learn anything new about a character or if you do learn something new, it's like, Oh, Noctis hates beans or something. And it's like, that's silly. And that's cute. Um, and that's like, it's fun that they, they added that in there. But like when every single quest is just like, here's a random bit about this character that doesn't really add to who they are. It's just more or less some, some frivolous extra thing. Um, it, I, I feel like it, it makes it difficult to really find a progression to the story in that, in that beginning segment. Um, I keep saying the beginning segment because uh, as I quickly found out, there's a point in that game where eventually uh, it's pretty clear the money, money ran out <laughs> and, and they pretty much go like, Hey, get in, get on this water slide. And it's like an eight hour water slide to the end of the game. And it's just like, you just go through all the story stuff. You just get tons of info dump stuff. And, and it's just, it, it just, I, I like it a lot. Honestly, I like the, the, like the, the, the set pieces that are happening in this, in this part of the game. Um, but it all happens so fast 
and a lot of it feels like they're kind of like back explaining stuff through flashbacks like there's a character who they very much want you to feel attached to but they don't really like explain to why you feel should feel attached to them until way after the fact that they're relevant anymore and so it's just more or less just like oh i guess they were important but you're like finding out about this like way later not really way later but you know after the fact basically um and and not having that development ahead of time just just makes a lot of the points like kind of fall flat like they they want you to be invested in these scenarios that end up happening but you just don't know enough information about who's there what's happening uh and things like that um admittedly i will say i i did start the first 10 hours of that game years ago and how i handled it when i came back to the game was basically i just rewatched all the cutscenes so maybe i'm missing some beginning portion that i had experienced originally but i feel like i have a pretty decent remembering of uh what was or wasn't said at the time <laughs> between those characters i don't know maybe i'm wrong again um but yeah, it's it's just bizarre because that whole op- beginning of the game is just like so slow going and so much of nothing happens. Like there's so little development. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, we got eight hours whoosh, and then you get there and it's like, all right, do you want to start the final battle? And I was like, okay, I guess this is the end of the game. <laughs> um, but again, I do like the, I do like the second half because it feels a lot more involved, involving. Um, you get a lot more, you know, stuff that feels like you're building on characters and stuff. I didn't I didn't try the infamous chapter 13 um because uh I kind of misunderstood how they patched it. So like basically there's a chapter that apparently everyone was not very fond of. Um and I think I can kind of see why uh uh and they kind of add a alternate path that you can take to get through there. But how it's presented if you're not like familiar with what's going on or like how they changed it, how it's presented makes it kind of feel like there's two different character routes you can follow. But really what it is is you can follow one char- you can follow the old chapter 13 character route and and play it I think as is. I don't know if they made any changes. Um but you can switch over to an easier route that follows different characters and has, as far as I can tell, different story developments in it. Um, so it's kind of like a bonus chapter in some ways because they, they kind of added in some more stuff. But how it's presented is like, oh, or at least the impression I got was that you could switch between them and kind of like go through both of them until you get to the end. So maybe it's like more about variety rather than just like, you know, limiting it to this one particular play style. Basically, it's like a stealth chapter as far as I can tell, or was originally just a stealth chapter. And then the extra chapter was just like a more standard combat chapter. Um, But once you switch over to the combat chapter, you can't go back as far as I can tell. Uh, I don't know if I missed any story development from that. (laughs) Um, I I haven't gone back and taken a look at it. I might go back and, and try to play 13 as it originally was. Um, thankfully there's a chapter select, so, so I should be able to just jump right into it. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see how I feel about that later. Um, but in general, it just, you know, that whole eight, eight hour segment at the end, it's very fast paced. It feels like there's a lot of missing parts. Um, there's portions of the game where a character will just disappear and you kind of get the aftermath of that, that thing, um, but you don't really understand what happened to them. So there'll be like a comment that almost acts like you have already seen the scene. And, and 
you haven't though. <laughs> so they like are they're like commenting on some character development they had, and you're just kind of like, uh, okay. <laughs> I guess. Um, the DLC, as far as I can tell, is individual character chapters. So I'm going to guess that the that DLC is covering that stuff. Like what happens when these characters go off on their own at different parts of the game. Um, I can't say for sure if that's what, what it is, but um, I'm, I'm going to take a strong guess. That's probably what it is. Um, so it does feel a little, little weird. Just the whole game feels weird. Um, I, I was after the game had finished, I I went and read like some uh, history of development on the game, um, and basically it seems like what what they have offered as the explanation of why the game is so strangely paced um, is that basically it would take them double the money and double the time to make the entire game open world for the whole whole process, so they had to basically narrow it down and just kind of put the game out. Um, even, it sounds like even after they kind of relaunched the project and I think it was 2015 maybe, or maybe it was a couple, maybe it was a few years before that, but whenever they, when, whenever they renamed the title to Final Fantasy 15, um, it sounds like even from there, the development didn't go particularly smoothly either. So yeah, but I, I really wonder like if they had the money and time to make that game like the beginning parts of the game. I didn't find that part of the game satisfying, really. Uh, it just, again, maybe, and maybe this is just development resources, but but like, there just wasn't a lot of meat to the story that was going on. And and I say in general, like Final Fantasy Fifteen feels like a game with a lot of uh, flair, but but not a lot of meat to it. Like I don't know why I keep saying meat, <laughs> um, but like the battle system is very flashy and like how the animations play out are like really really well done and interesting and like really over the top but it more or less is hold down the circle button to be in attack stance and then hold down the square button to be in a defense stance and there's definitely more to it a lot of like positioning stuff and and you know there are like these special skills you can do there's magic although the magic system is is weirdly difficult to use and i yeah, I, I don't know why they decided to make it so kind of cumbersome to to use magic. I liked using the magic in the game, and and I tried honestly the whole game try to try to continue to use my magic as much as possible. But it always just was just kind of a a pain in the butt because you have to go into your as far as I can tell, you have to go into your inventory every single time. You have to craft your magic spells, and then it creates like three to five spells or three to five casts. So so, and then also you have a limited resource on on like the elements you pull for those those spells. And so it just didn't feel it didn't feel like magic was a reliable resource, which maybe was the point. But um, but it also didn't feel powerful enough to really warrant um spending the time on it i say that but i do feel like that i do feel like if you had like the elemental like weakness of an enemy figured out you're like oh i know this is weak to fire and you created a really powerful fire spell it was generally worth worth the effort so maybe maybe i'll roll that back a little bit but i do think it was cumbersome the whole way through whenever you tried to create that stuff so um but yeah i i really Everything is just really, really flashy, but when it comes down to what actually is happening, you know, gameplay-wise, overworld-wise, quest-wise, it just seems really, really simple. Um, and 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 like there, there's a lot. It feels like a lot of time is put into the presentation 
but the actual game just never really came together. Um, which I think is, you know, is a hundred percent like easy to read just, just based off how the ending of that game goes. You basically just get funneled down this, this eight hour hole. And so like, I really enjoyed what, what was there in the story, but it feels like a blueprint of a story. It reminds me a lot of Xenogears, honestly, and how that game like kind of makes you basically go through the, the, what is it called? Like the, the, it's like the note, like a, a series of notes. I'm forgetting the word, the series of notes of like what happened, like the bullet points of the game. It feels like you're hitting all the bullet points, but you're not like seeing what's happening in between. I say Final Fantasy 15 feels more structurally complete in that regard. Like you're pl- unlike, you know, Xenogears where there's sometimes they'll just tell you something happened. And you're like, uh, okay, I guess this giant robot fought this thing. And then you go into a battle and you fight with the giant robot for like 10 seconds and then you move on to the next story point. Um, at least with Final Fantasy 15, it's all represented pretty well. Uh, most, you know, there's no no point in time where it's just like text on a screen for the most part. It, it basically, there's always some gameplay element associated with it. There's always a segment associated with it. So like, even if you don't spend a lot of time in the, like the snow region, you at least have a segment of the game that um, feels memorable for that like I can I can imagine the sec I can remember the segment of the game that like I guess th- there's a reason for you to be in that segment of the game and there's a reason for you to play it and be active in that segment of the game but it's not does it definitely just doesn't feel completely fulfilled I think that's maybe the point I'm trying to t- trying to get to um some of the the strongest content in the game is uh honestly the crossover event stuff uh, I think the the Terra battle or Terra Wars content, whatever it is, uh, is really good. I don't know anything about Terra battle, Terra Wars. I played the original Terra battle and didn't really get into it, but but it's just like you know, thirty to forty five minutes of really well produced content, and uh, it has a unique both or I think all the crossover events have this, but like they have unique boss fights, uh, unique areas. Um, the stories are kind of, you know, what you would expect for crossover stories. It's more about, you know, showing how these two characters interact. So Noctis and I think her name's Sarah from, from Terra Battle. So they kind of, they kind of interact for a while and it is kind of awkward how they build the relationship so quickly, but for 45 minutes, you know, there's only so much you can do. Uh, and I think the Final Fantasy 14 one is actually really strong too. And I think, and maybe maybe I have a you know Final Fantasy 11 slash 14 bias because I do like Final Fantasy 11 a lot and 14 I have this ongoing weird relationship with, but uh, with Final Fantasy 14's crossover content they do something I I was actually very excited to see is that they kind of finally bring Garuda the the wind summon that was ex- that was made for Final Fantasy 11 to kind of balance out the elemental summons in that game. Uh, they they made Garuda uh, an actual character. In, in Final Fantasy 15 and and what the easy way they could have done this is they I mean they already the the Final Fantasy 14 version of Garuda uh shows up in Final Fantasy 15 and they could have just made it you did the fight you got her as a summon and that was that you know but but you do the fight and there's a actual story development of like how this wind god within within the Final Fantasy 15 universe kind of becomes that game's Garuda and I think that's really cool like, I think that's a cool way to introduce Garuda to the single-player Final Fantasy. Because I don't think Final Fantasy 13, 12, 13, or any of the 13 trilogy have any Garuda stuff. I, I could be wrong about that, but I think this is the first single-player Final Fantasy, for, or Final Fantasy, uh, mainline Final Fantasy, that has 
that summoning it. So, so yeah, overall, um, I don't feel good about Final Fantasy 15. I think I feel, I feel like it's a baffling game, not in a bad way. I, I enjoyed it. This is, this is hard. I enjoyed Final Fantasy 15. It's the design is kind of baffling, but when you read about the development, it makes sense. Basically sounds like they eventually decided, Hey, we got to cut and run with this game. We got to put something out and just get past this thing we've been working on for 10 years. And you can totally see that. I, I kind of expected, because, you know, the game got a lot of updates and patches over the years. Um, I kind of expected that game to to improve some elements of the game that I think seemed like like major issues that seemed very like high priority items to address like the magic system in the game and how you create magic and how you assign it. I thought that was going to be addressed by the time I got back, but it was very much still in the state. It was, I think a lot of stuff like little things like, you know, the item to pick up or the button to pick up items is the same item or button to pick or to jump. And it creates problems where you're like, you're trying to, or like to interact with items too. So like you're trying to put this ladder down to make a shortcut in this dungeon, but instead you jump and then you accidentally jump off the edge of the, the shortcut area without actually putting the shortcut down. So you're back at the beginning of the dungeon with no path through. And like you go and try to pick up items off the ground and you just sit there and get stuck jumping, try to interact with doors, things like that. It, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird game. Um, I kind of like how weird it is. I like that the tone is very different or maybe not the tone, but like this, there's nothing. And this is true for, for a lot of Final Fantasies, maybe not the earlier ones, but no, there's nothing like Final Fantasy 15 in the Final Fantasy franchise. Um, and I, that's always very important to me and why I love the Final Fantasy franchise so much. Just that each of these games are kind of their individual unique pockets of, of worlds and experiences and things like that and, and mechanics. And, and seeing, seeing... 15 be such a unique thing in terms of not only like the party dynamics but the the world and the whole like road trip uh, aspect to it and then also some of the twists towards the end of the game like like there's some stuff in there i i had not heard about and i was really not expecting and see how that's represented in the game how that affects you as a player um um and then also i think some of the late late game story stuff is really cool too and like all these pieces like you see all the pieces that could have made this great game uh but it's just kind of all thrown on the table and then it's just like okay <laughs> uh enjoy it <laughs> enjoy this like yes this could have made a delicious cake but now it's just raw ingredients on the table um but again like i said I, like if they really had gone out of their way to make that full like a full open world you know experience to the whole thing i i kind of question if i would have liked it admittedly i'm more negative on open worlds than most people i feel like so so it could just be me um um but i, I do feel like you know i have limited experience with open world games but i do feel like Stuff like Xenoblade Chronicles X does a really good job of making their quests build upon the world, like the, the different cultures of the alien races and stuff in that game. And it feels like even though you're doing these side quests that typically aren't really meaningful from a content perspective, like you're like, oh, I'm going to go kill the five things. And then you do that. And then that's the end of the quest. Uh, at least it's like, it feels like you're building, you're you're gaining knowledge about these people, these characters and things like that. And I feel like Final Fantasy 15. I never really got that. Um, I, I just kind of felt like I was just doing something just to do it. So 
Yeah, I think that's probably a good a good way to wrap up my thoughts on 15. Um, I feel like podcast form may, may have been the best way to deliver those thoughts. I, I thought really hard about doing a quick play stream for Final Fantasy 15, but I couldn't think of a part of that game individually that I that represents that game as a whole. Like I said, it's just a bunch of stuff on the table. So like you can't really just, you know, play a dungeon and show the those elements of the game throughout a dungeon. It's 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 all very very distinct portions of the game and and particularly with the latter half stuff um you know like i said the the, the twists and stuff do have a consequence on the gameplay and characters and things like that so i wouldn't want to display that stuff because there's actual story spoilers and things like that if i were to do that so yeah i guess that's it for final fantasy 15 i'm glad i played it i'm surprised that i came out probably feeling better about resident evil 7 than final fantasy 15 um resident evil 7 is a game i thought i would immensely dislike the whole way through and i and i ended up liking it quite a bit at times uh where final fantasy 15 i think it's a fascinating game but i can't say i i really loved it i think it's probably at the 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 lower tier of final fantasy for me um i'd say it's below most non 8-bit final fantasies for me Maybe the exception is Final Fantasy IV. I'm not a big Final Fantasy IV fan. I like the DS remake of Final Fantasy IV just because, like, what they did to that game is pretty impressive. But when I think about the base, like, the core of what that game is, I'm, I'm not super into four very much. So, it's not very high on my list. But I'm glad I played it. Um, I'll, I'll do the Final Fantasy XV DLC. So, so the next thing I'm, I plan to play is Bloodstained. So, that's going to be coming up next here. Hopefully, I'll play some this weekend. Uh, we'll see. It's a busy weekend. Um... And then after Bloodstain, I think I'm going to do the Final Fantasy 15 DLC. It doesn't seem like it's too long. Um, there's like four chapters, I think. Three for your main party characters, and then one for one of the core uh, characters of the game. And then <laughs> I'll be returning to Fatal Bullet. I'm going to buy that final DLC, and I'm going to play through the story and be disappointed still. I All I really want is closure on Itsuki or Itsuki, man, I can't pronounce his name, Itsuki, yeah, uh, I won't close on Itsuki, um, and I'm not gonna get that from that DLC, but I'm gonna do it, just so I can say I did <laughs> say I did it, so I think that's gonna be the next plan, just do a bunch of DLC back to back to back, um, and hopefully none of it's particularly too long, uh, and then after that, I'm not really sure what the, like, the next big game will be for me, um, I think it really just depends on when I finish up that DLC stuff, um, I really wanted to try out Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I don't think it's going to line up in my schedule. Uh, Astral Chains is late August, so maybe that. So, so yeah. Whew, 30 minutes. That's it for this week. Thank you for coming. OneControlReport.com is the website. Uh, so technically, I'm supposed to have a video review for Castlevania 64 up this week. I will continue to work on it this weekend. I'm going to guess it's going to get pushed back another week. I'm sorry. I know I already delayed the video once by a month. I'm going to try my best to get it out next week if it doesn't come out this week. I just, I, I'm only in the early stages. I, I reshuffled everything again. And then, so now I'm only in the early stages of the video editing. And based off how I wrote that script, I have a feeling it's going to take a long time in the editing process. So I'll try my best to get it ready for the week after next. Again, I'm sorry. It, you know, taking so long to get that Castlevania 64 thing working. I'm tired of it too. I've been working on that script since February and I'm dying. <laughs> um, um, and then uh, I'm going to have a quick play up this week. It's probably going to be Gabriella's Ghostly Groove. There's a chance it might not be, but I already have everything recorded. I needed for that. So I'll, I'm, I'll probably go ahead and try to do that uh, either this weekend or during the week this week. 
Um, and then upcoming, oh, we we finished off Doraemon, um, the first one on Nintendo 64. Again, that's a really cool game. Like I I would encourage you if you if you like you know Nintendo 64 platformers and stuff like that. And and just want to play something for like three four hours. It's a pretty cheap game too if you buy it loose or I don't know load it on emulator if you want. Although the emulation stuff I've seen online has seemed kind of inconsistent. But like I, check that game out. It's cool. It's it, it in structure like on paper in structure it pretty much looks like a Super Mario 64 you know rip off for the most part in terms of what how you kind of navigate that world and the structure of the game but i think the actual implementation is is actually different maybe someday i'll do something on it that that kind of tries to dive into that more but i think for now really the plan is just to you know have that stream kind of speak for that game for me um so maybe eventually I'll check out the later two games on 64 as well, but they seem like they're of a different style. Although graphically, they actually look pretty solid. I was actually very surprised when I when I took a look at them. So, um, But this week, we're going to do some uh, 3DS streaming, um, or we're going to try to. I'm going to basically be testing it out. Hopefully, it's, hopefully it runs well enough. Uh, I'll probably have Mega Man X3 set up as a backup. So if, if the 3DS streaming doesn't work out at all and we can't just, you know, play a bunch of random games using, using the 3DS, then, uh, then I'll probably just go ahead and start up Mega Man X3. Um, that Dorymon stream, the final Dorymon stream, I'll warn you. <laughs> um, it's about 30 minutes of Dorymon. I didn't think it'd, it'd finish up so quickly. And then the last two hours is me just playing random WiiWare games for the most part. And, I kind of get lost at what to do, and I was tired, and, you know, I would encourage you to watch the Dorymon stuff, but maybe after that, you know, keep watching, but if you're like, hmm, this is getting a little uh, long-winded, and this boy is very tired, feel free to stop. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, by the end of that stream, I was dead. So, <laughs> so if you do take the time, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I think that's going to be it. Thanks for coming. Hope you have a great week. I think SGDQ is live this week, so maybe check that out. That's it. All right. Okay. Bye.